It is the final tournament in a tea break. I'm Ross Sattar from Britwatch Sports. Chris Sattar from Tennis Now. And it's extremely late. In fact, we are into third Monday. Yeah, would that be something different than manic? <laughs> yeah, it's like catatonic Monday. Oof, but <laughs> something no, like that. It doesn't feel like the tennis was that long ago. We just saw Novak Djokovic win his fifth Wimbledon title in very dramatic fashion. Of course, it didn't. It, it couldn't be. It couldn't be easy, could it? Um, yes, Novak Djokovic has now equaled Bjorn Borg for uh, titles won on the turf, um, but it wasn't. Um, it wasn't easy by any stretch of the imagination. Now, I, I said right from the start that the first set was going to be super intense and that it would probably end in a tiebreak. And it was super intense and it ended in a tiebreak. Mm-hmm. So I felt, though, that for it was Federer that was pushing in that first set. He, had, he brought up a break point, couldn't convert it. Yeah. They beat themselves up to the tiebreak. And then in the tiebreak, it all kind of got away from Federer quite quickly. A couple of loose errors. And then suddenly Novak was in the dropping, dro- uh, driving seat. And off he galloped into, into that first set. Yeah. Now, on, the, on the flip side, he played the tiebreaks well. Now, talk to me about the second set. Second set, nobody could figure out what happened. It, it happened fast. It was ugly. There were three breaks to serve, all for Roger Federer. It was very reminiscent of the second set between Federer and Nadal. Yes. Except this time it was Federer winning. But I, in the, later in the match, I was found myself wondering, has Djokovic made a big mistake by losing that set so quickly and thus not being able to gain the advantage mm. in, in, fiz- in fitness later in the, in the match? It didn't end up hurting him, but I thought, what? the heck was that second set but i conversely i i thought and I, I felt the same when i was watching roger and rafa i felt that roger realized after a couple of breaks and obviously we've said it before on this podcast if you have a couple of breaks it can get away from you real quick on grass yep. you it takes you a long time to sort of try and get that equilibrium back and um i wondered whether roger had just like taken his foot off the gas in that set just to conserve his energy to come back at, uh, at Nadal in the in the third and fourth, and I I get the feeling that that's what Novak did. It was like okay, I think when he was like three one down or whatever, I thought it was like okay that okay, I'm not going to come back from this, so I'm just going to Scrap let it. this let this set go, and then the third set again was another tight set. It was, um, you know, no breakpoint chances or no no breakpoint chances converted at all into another tie break this time it was a little bit more straightforward for for Djokovic um Federer was quite weak in this tie break mm-hmm. gave up uh gave up a couple of mini breaks quite easily and then this time Djokovic put his roller skates on and was way down the road before anybody could stop him yeah and at that point we started to hear people on Twitter saying Oh my gosh, like Federer has, has been the better player, has won more points in this match. Hasn't yet, been broken hasn't yet. Hasn't been broken yet. And, and Djokovic had been broken, of course, three times, as we just mentioned. But it was Djokovic with a two sets to one mm-hmm. lead. And you had to figure, no way does Roger Federer come back from this. It's, mm-hmm. it's going to be difficult. I, I exactly thought that. I was thinking, it's done. The guy that I present uh, the show on Love Sport Radio was like, oh, you were right. And then one break. And we were into a decider, hmm. and yeah. it was it was just like, and it, it and it kind of came out of nowhere. Um, and I thought, well, okay. So now we're into this fifth set. You saw Djokovic saying, "Well, when is the tie break?" <laughs> and they're like, 12-12. and he's like, "Okay." And it's a proper tie break. Okay, okay, okay. 
So, um, and I had to laugh because Katie Bond... the president Bond, of the player council, well, by the way. It doesn't well, know the rules of tennis. Well, but they're ITF. <laughs> so all the ITF tournaments. So I think um, if you get to 6-6 six, six in Australia, then you play a Champions tie break to 10. That's right. Yeah, in, everybody's in different now. In Roland Garros, you play to advantage, two games advantage. In Wimbledon, you now play a tiebreak at 12-12, and it's a normal tiebreak. <laughs> and then it's all tiebreak sets in the U- in the US Open. So yeah. they all play at different rules, um, and it's the ITF just being the ITF, really. So, um, so yeah, so we found ourselves in a decider, and oh, my God, was this tight. Federer had two match points. Um, he was up at 8-7. Yeah. He had two match points for the win, and well, what happened? Oh, man, it... He got timid. Novak, yeah, timid. That no, word again. Novak got bold and was able to convert them both. The second one, the first one, he got a return that was it looked like a nice first serve by Federer, and Novak got the return back deep, won that point. The second one, Federer had a forehand approach shot, didn't do enough with it. And Djokovic hit a beautiful cross court passing shot. They were back to deuce. Djokovic took care of business, got even. It was tense for the rest of the way. And then, Ooh, slowly, la la. surely but surely, we're approaching the longest Wimbledon men's singles final nah. in history. At the same time, wondering, are we going to get to 12 12? Because this is the 256th match of the men's singles tournament, or of all the tournaments. Yeah, the whole tournament. And, and we ha- the men's singles, actually, right? Is that, that correct? Because there were there was a doubles match and a mixed match that yeah, had gone 12-12. Yeah. But we're just thinking, is this going to be the first men's singles or singles match of any kind that gets to 12-12? And here they go, 12-12. Yep. I mean, and you know, for, Roz, I don't know about you, but I felt for like three sets, this match wasn't that great. It was fun. It, of course, it's Federer Djokovic. It's the Wimbledon final. I'm interested. I'm in. But... It wasn't really moving me. It no. wasn't riveting. But then slowly as the fourth set and fifth mm-hmm. set took place and got really dramatic and I just could not figure out how what was going to happen yeah. next, it got to be really super interesting. No, it, I agree. I agree 100%. Up until that point, it was like kind of, okay, well, it's all a bit n- nervy and edgy and just like, oh, well, it's, it, it's a Wimbledon final. Um, but yeah, that fourth set out of nowhere because I was thinking, oh, you know, Djokovic has got this. In, oh, no, he has not got it in the bag. Oh, okay. No yeah. bag for Djokovic. No bag. Um, and then again in the tie breaks, Federer just has been awful in the tie breaks, and you know, you show you show you give Djokovic an inch and he'll take a yard, and yeah. um, he closed that out. But interestingly enough, he didn't do his um, boob throwing celebration. No, he was pretty mm, subdued. He was. It was an interesting match. Of course, the crowd was mm. way pro Federer yeah and there were a few instances I think one where Djokovic challenged a call late there was another where Djokovic got a, a code violation from umpire oh David yeah Steiner for thumping he, the chair he thumped the chair it really wasn't over the top I thought it, it didn't need to necessarily be a warning but you know it was fine he dealt with it very well mm. and he seemed to be motivated by the fact that it was uh, Novak against the world at Wimbledon and he talked about that in press <laughs> about how you know how Lovely. he's able to process that type of thing and how it is can be motivating for him and how, how the takeaway, the biggest takeaway, I think, from this match is just how mentally strong yeah. both players were. That's yeah. what I was amazed by throughout the match because it was a scratchy match. It was back and forth. Both players could have easily lost the will to win and lost their positive vibrations in the match. But they yeah. both kept it on track and kept fighting. And that and ultimately, it was Novak saving the match points. And statistically, can I just say, yeah. he's the first... 
player to to win a Wimbledon final, saving championship points in the men's single side since 1948. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah, for for me, uh, and and he said it in press. You know, it's it's not such a physical thing. It's a mental thing as well. He, you have to be so switched on with Roger. He takes the ball so quickly. You haven't got uh, time. And we saw when he went off the boil, that set went away from him very, very fast. Yeah. Um, so chasing history. Yeah. So we now have Novak on 16. 16 Grand Slam titles for 16, Novak. 16, yep. And, and we have... Four out of the last five. Yep. Yeah. And we have Rafa on 18. Mm-hmm. That caught everybody by surprise because now all of a sudden he's right within snapping distance of Federer, who was looking for 21 to tie with uh, Steffi Graf. Um, and now he's stuck on 20 with Rafa and Novak snapping at his heels. Yeah, it's like tennis's tectonic plates shifting. It could have been <laughs> nice. it, it could have been Rafa getting his nineteenth if he had somehow managed to get past Federer and Djokovic. It could have been Federer easily today if he had converted one yeah. of the match points to stretch the gap to twenty one Federer, eighteen Nadal. Yeah. Fifteen Djokovic, but now it's Novak nipping at everyone's heels, a young thirty two years old, very much in great mm. form, very good at winning on all surfaces. Think it seems like you know you have to think he's going to get one, two, three, maybe four more. The interesting thing is is the fact that be, beyond the age of thirty now, there are five players all tied with four major titles past thirty. That's the open era record. It's Laver, it's Rosewall, it's Nadal, it's Federer, it's Djokovic. They all have five since turning thirty. Maybe. The amount of slams won after 30 is going to be the deciding factor in the GOAT argument when it's all said and done. Um, so does that mean that we're putting far too much pressure on the young guns to make an impression if actually it's much later in your life that it happens? Or do they have to get into that winning streak before they can sort of have this coasting into their dotage? I, I think the young guns are fine. I think they're never going to approach anything like what's happening in this era. No. I think, but they'll still be superstars in their own right, and they'll still be Grand Slam champions, and they'll still be yeah. celebrated. I just think any comparison for between young guns and what's happening now, they're just different stratospheres, right? Yeah. Well, it's been a long two weeks, but ultimately I think it's been a really good uh, Wimbledon. Yeah, it's been great. We've seen like Halep do well. We've seen Coco Goff. We, the ATP has had a bit of a rude reminder that they, you know, they can't do things behind closed doors. They, they're not the all-conquering organization that they think they are. Yeah. Lots of people poking fun at them a lot. This, this thing about everything to do with the Players' Council. You know, it's been a bit of a bloody nose for them, this this thing. Yeah, that was, you know, part of the week one storylines for sure. Yeah. They, they looked a little bit silly and Gimmel Staub got back in the conversation. But there were positive stories. The first gay couple plays doubles. That was um, Alison oh, Van Oyfank yes. and, yeah. and Greet Minnen. There was, um, of course, Kyrgios making things really interesting in week one, which is great. And just today, the last match of the tournament, Barbara Streetsova wins her yeah. first major title in doubles with Shea Suey. Beautiful moment there. Yeah, very good. So all that remains to say is thank you for those of the, those of you that have been listening. Chris, thank you so much thank for, you, for for this. It's been great fun as always. It has been fun. I love it. And I, this is the the best way to kind of kind of decompress and think about what happened during these long Wimbledon days. And hopefully you'll be at Roland Garros for more than just Absolutely. one week, and we can do uh, a lot of these again. Uh, but in the meantime, you have of course been listening to Ross Sutter. And Chris Otto. And we'll hear, we'll talk to you next year. Ciao.